0: is the Sounding Board Podcast with Haji and Damo. Thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Good to have
1: your company on what is a very different The Sounding Board this week. Episode nine of series seven for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. And I say it's different because across the desk today here at South Bank is not Craig Hutchison. I don't know where he is. I mean, the person I'm talking to and about to introduce may know more than I do, but he's not here. But in his chair today is Caroline Wilson. Caro, hello. Thank you for filling in for Craig Hutchison as co-host of this show today.
0: Damien, I'm very nervous. I'm a Sounding Board fan. I've never been on the show before. <laughs> You're nervous. I think we... <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a high agenda. It's a big agenda, this show, and there's plenty to talk about this week, but I think we know Craig's overseas, don't we, on a working holiday, and good luck we, to him. Are we allowed
1: to say that, Jane? We, yeah, we are. Jane's nodding. So, you know, he is overseas, and, and he is actually having, I believe, a form of holiday, but Knowing him, he he will still be working twelve hours a day in some form as a minimum starting point. To the, the this break. is a
0: bloke who can't keep his mobile phone away from his hand mm. on the golf course, so and, I can't see he's really having a holiday.
1: And who's already been texting about next week's show and he wants to do it from is it New York? He's going to be next week, Jane. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carrie. Uh, one one thing I've known for a long time now that Jane, the producer of uh, of this show, as well as she is your show and and many others on on this network. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot Thank the messenger. You for the yeah. Mention. No. No. It is. Um. I, I, we've long known that. We are well down Jane's pecking order. And and where the sounding board fits into Jane's world, if it's not last, it's second last in in the way she treats us. I've noticed as I've walked in today, we're back in the main studio for the first time, I think, in about 18 months because you're here. So we're back in the main. There's flowers on the desk.
0: Doesn't she bring flowers to the sounding board? There there, there were contraptions
1: outside the studio that looked to be like air purifiers. We've had soothing music (laughs) as I was waiting in the foyer.
0: Settle down.
1: She's looking at you like Marilyn Monroe once looked at diamonds. We don't get this treatment... Caro, I don't know what's happened. Actually, the, the running sheet came through last night, 24 hours in advance. Uh, normally we get it stapled and given to us as the as the opening music
0: started. So thank you for actually bringing Jane to the table today. It's quality control with Don't Shoot the Messenger. We get flowers. There's often cakes. There's sometimes cakes. lemons from someone's garden, maybe a bag of figs. Nothing to that degree today. But no, Jane's got a beautiful garden. And you see, you blokes don't appreciate this side of Jane. So if I, you I did, do.
1: no, we we talked about the compost patch that the uh, Jane's got going, in the beautiful garden, which creates those flowers. I'm assuming. So.
0: I can't see Craig appreciating. <laughs> no, that.
1: He, he's he's lost. He, he once asked when we did that uh, silly recipe thing we did a few years ago, and I said, uh, "Then you put some lemon zest into that." And he goes, "Lemon zest? Where do you get lemon zest from?" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and he actually asked. We the,
0: used to enjoy your recipes. We actually ripped off your recipe idea, and it? now we've completely stolen it. You don't do it anymore. I ran out of ideas.
1: I, <laughs> I had a very limited rep. Uh, Hey, what you do need to do though today, Caro, is, is what Hachi has been mostly doing this year. And that is, out of the, out, what have we done? Nine episodes today, so eight episodes in the past. I think we've got news stories, and I say news stories in Inverted comments because some of them related to not news, out of what we've been talking about. So the pressure's on you today. Hachi wants to continue that. Um, we've had our critique of the, of, of the, the um, Albanese photo shoot and the and the different attire he had. We've had the uh, Channel 7, where they were lined up in their promo shoot. That's been picked up by other media. We've had Luke Beveridge, the comments we both made, Luke Beveridge, were picked up. And um, and even this week, and we may as well start there pretty soon. Um, Hutchie's got generated news outside of this show for what he said about Ross Lyon on this show. So the pressure's on. You need to say something in the next 40 or 35 minutes that, that gets us some headlines elsewhere, Caro. That's what's happening this year.
0: Well, are we going to kick off with Ross Lyon be well. Hutchie?
1: Yep. Well, you, you central to that, actually. So let's let's get to your part of it in a moment. Before we do, this is uh, Ross Lyon on Triple M, talking about what Hutchie had said about him pulling out of the, the process, in inverted commas, to be Carlton coach.
0: You've also wound
1: Hutchie up, though. He's got his knickers in a twist because you should... he what, he, what was his response? Well, he said that you should have gone through the process against the assistants, and that you may regret not doing that now. So watching Carlton versus Hawthorne today, do you feel regretful? Well, I have no view on it.
0: Not, not, not wistful at all. So, look, how many podcasts are out there, by the way? Couple. And they don't even monetize them. You know, <laughs> so I thought he'd have his hands full uh, riding the ship and the ratings. But uh, if I help with their ratings, good luck to him <laughs> oh, That was a low blow. <laughs> Low blow.
1: <laughs> and it's monetised. Ross, if you want to go down that path. And Hutchie, I think, does monetise this particular one. Um, Caro, you then got involved in that conversation, trying to get a further rise out of Ross. And uh, I think he came to, his, uh, came to his own conclusions on that. But this was you with Ross last Wednesday on Footy Classified.
0: Look, it's a little bit mischievous because Craig understands, and I understand, and Caroline understands, that there wasn't really a process in training. And I'll just leave it at that. That comment shows a total, either a total lack of understanding about what happened at the Carlton Football Club. Once you didn't get the job, you were not going to get the job. And you knew that, and that's why... And, Craig, I, I'm amazed that Craig, with his contacts in footy, didn't know that himself. And who's
1: the other one on the podcast? Damien Barrett. Well, between the two of them. So, look, if they're enjoying that, that's OK, but that just sums up the podcast. Now, see, this is my problem, Kerry. This is why I wanted to raise this today, as much as to talk about the serious issue of Ross Line. Hachi gets me into trouble. I've got my own fights. I don't need more fights. No. Ross and I are good. <laughs> Ross likes this podcast. I know deep down he does. He's certainly mentioned that in the well, past. He's given you a clip. He has. And I, I wasn't – I didn't drive any of that commentary around Ross Line. i I don't claim to know the background to the way Hachi does on this topic. But so this is the problem I've got by working on this podcast with Hachi.
0: Hachi's fights become my fights too. Well, can I – can I have a crack at your normal co-host? Of course because, you can. Please do. I, I mean, will. I'm sorry, but he knows that Ross Lyon had no chance of getting that job. Ross Lyon was pretty much promised the job by Luke Sayers. Certainly, I reckon by Greg Williams, who bizarrely seemed to be running the coach of search at the time. And then, and you know, um, well, I don't know if you know this. Craig certainly knows this. The board got antsy. Yeah, they did. There, there was a, a real touch of. The Me Too's about the Carlton yep. board at the moment. Yep, there Ross was. had history at Fremantle. The the, the full story has never really come out, but we know that there was some form of apology, and it was a front page story run, largely run. I think the story did Mick Warner break the story originally. I'm not sure, but anyway, I don't think it was
1: Mick. Actually, um, I forget who it was, but it was, it was on the Herald Sun. Um, yep. it was in the Herald Sun. Was it Stephen Drill maybe? Anyway, well, doesn't could quite have been. Matter, yeah, but,
0: yeah, I don't think I don't think um, anyone looks forward to getting a phone call from Stephen Drill to you. I mean, if he. I don't know his number. Well, I haven't
1: but... <laughs> got one, which I don't know what that means for that.
0: But... <laughs> I, I think that's a good thing. Um, anyway, Ross was never going to get that job. He was told, you've got the job. And then Craig, I think Craig made some comment. He should have thrown his hat into the ring and he should have backed himself against Michael Voss and whoever else was going for it. There was never a process. And Craig knows it, and he was being disingenuous, and so I didn't mind having a crack at him. And I knew that Ross would have something to say, so full disclosure, I was happy to bring it up and have a crack at Craig. Craig
1: being disingenuous,
0: yeah, I know isn't I, that I agree unusual.
1: That. I agree with that because um, what he would do if he was in the studio today was—I know oh, Ross and I are good. Ross and I are good. No, no, we're, we're all good, even though deep down he'd be wanting to square up.
0: And and he and Ross probably are good. It was funny. There was one—he's done one footy classified with Ross. There was a week that Eddie couldn't host or maybe um, Ross filled in on the Monday night. I can't remember. It was during the pandemic anyway, the worst of the pandemic. Craig was fluttering around Ross like a little butterfly. <laughs> he was like a fanboy. He was actually showing off and he brought his A-game to the table much more than he normally does, <laughs> even if the, even in the pre-show meeting. It was quite disgusting to look at. So I know he's a Ross fan. And uh, quite seriously, Damien, there was Carlton of Flying and, you know, They're totally justifying – the end is justifying the means with what went on during that coaching process. But it was clunky. It was clumsy, as was the Brian Cook appointment, you know, in the treatment of Kane Liddell, whatever you think about the the ultimate end in the story. And even at the top level of AFL HQ, and you probably know this, um, there were senior people who were just aghast that Ross wasn't given the job. And Ross was counselled. I mean, I'm told – I think – whether it was Gillan McLaughlin or Andrew Dillon or Richard Goyder, but Ross was called by senior people at the AFL to see to check in on him and see if he was okay because it was, it was pretty embarrassing and I thought he carried it pretty well, whether yeah. or not you think they did the right thing in not giving him the job. I think Ross carried himself well and Craig dredged it up in, in as I said, a, a pretty... In a not true way, because there was no way Ross was going to throw himself into a process he couldn't win.
1: Once the board got involved, and that that, that was my recollection of of how that did unfold, with uh, him coming going from a dollar I to get the job to to not having a job. Caro, um, with. We'll say with Hachi, We may as well because he intrigues me, intrigues you, intrigues our listeners. Well, the that away, yep. and, and he's not here, which has even given us more reason, and course, to talk about him. But we we often talk about what's referred to at the Herald Sun as the, the Verity score and the Verity ranking. And and clearly, his Verity ranking is very, very high because what he's saying is getting clicked on um, and, and written about every single week this year, effectively. Even the this exchange with him and Ross Lyon, that – elevated itself up the up the list yesterday. It was initially down on the Herald Sun app um, placement, was down, I don't know, placement 9, 10 or 11. At one stage early in the evening last night, it was up to three or four. So even with his referencing in a wider news article about media, um, it got elevated as the day unfolded, and he was the headline when it was elevated. So you're on that list too. You, you know the way it works. And, and well, I'm sure I, the age has got a system that may not be called Verity, but something like it.
0: I don't understand it. I know you blokes talk about it. In fact, I think, and again, I have to check. Did you say on one of your shows, on one of the early sounding boards, that journos are now... Getting elevated if they write stories that get better verity scores.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And there's there's even payments made over and above contracts that that relate to the the clickability of a of a particular story. Now whether that's still ongoing, I, I know it was happening at some stage of the relatively recent past. I, I couldn't know right now if they're still getting extra monies for for such um, outcomes, but it was happening.
0: That's that's just extraordinary. It's a new media though, isn't it? It's just rightly or wrongly, it's the new media. Yeah, I, I remember um, there was a period, and I don't know if it still rates as highly, but just the word beginning with B Bartell, just it yeah. just went to the top. if you wrote anything about Nadia Bartell or Jimmy Bartell, and you know Nadia has given us a bit to um, read about in the last couple of years, and, and Jimmy earlier, it, quite remarkable. And Jimmy, I mean Jimmy, went from being a commentator. For a- on the AFL media and working for Channel Seven as well as Three AW, to losing a lot of his roles at Channel Seven, I mm. think the AFL. I don't know if he's still doing stuff for AFL media, but he certainly was dropped after his marriage broke up with Nadia, and that itself I found amazing too. When you look at some of the people still working in the media and what they've done,
1: he uh, he once walked past the house he once lived in with Nadia and the the news, well, I think it was the Guardian or the, not the Guardian, the Daily Mail. Wouldn't have been da, the Guardian. Sorry, it was the Daily Mail. I'm glad you picked me up there. <laughs> Definitely the Daily Mail. Dared to actually speculate on what, what may be going through his mind as he walked past the house, and it said he may have been thinking about what life once was like as he walked past the house. <laughs> with, I mean, seriously. So yeah. Kane, Kane Corns is in that, in that bracket too, isn't, it? isn't he? Because yeah, he
0: has a crack, and he has he, an opinion. He provides, I would say,
1: equal content to, to the outlets that pay him, and, and he's got a few outlets, like a few of us. He's got many outlets, but even on the most recent weekend just gone, we, we were just about to go on air on the Sunday footy show, and Fox Footy had the last two offerings of, on the Fox Footy social media setup up on, on Twitter were, were Kane's tweet where he quite provocatively said who's got the GoPro for Collingwood tonight and then there was another another reference to something he'd, uh, he'd previously said about um, Jack Ginnivan as well so they're the most recent references on the Sunday morning Kane doesn't work for Fox Footy he, the Herald Sun picks him up every they 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 they, they, they can't mention him under the under the Verity situations, or well, they didn't a couple of weeks ago when he made comments about Sydney Stack jumping off the rocks there at Portsea. Yep, Blair um, Gary. yep. Yeah, they they, they they were happy to write about a story about a person in the media but referred to a person, one commentator said, wrote a whole story about it on page three of Sport and then got a follow-up out of it. This commentator problem but couldn't, couldn't bring themselves to mention him but was still happy to use the content of what he said as a reason for their, their click stories.
0: Kane's a fascinating case study because he – He has strong opinions, which we love, and I I feel a bit for him sometimes because some sections of footy – and, you know, he is um – a premiership player, yeah, um, a game. Well,
1: multiple best and fairest. Yeah,
0: um, played so a lengthy, successful career with Port Adelaide. Comes from a famous footy family. All Australian. Has stood up to bullying on the footy field, and you know, someone yeah. I really admire. And but he, he's seen sometimes as just a bloke who wants to come out and have a crack at everything and overdoes it. And sometimes I do counsel him to choose his battles because he's so good, and I, I hate to see him just dismissed. As a shock jock, which I don't think. He oh is. no, I don't
1: think he is. No, I think he's. I mean, he may have gone through that phase initially, but I, I think he's just so. He, he's got so much appeal now that, that these other outlets who don't pay him get more clicks out of what he does say on other outlets than than they do from their own people. I mean, Fox Fox, <laughs> Foot, Fox Footy pays millions of dollars to to a lot of people, and they're using cane Corns as their hook, social media wise. Do, do you find that? so Kane. Okay. Well, even um, like even even Cameron Ling, who who's Media work, harrow, and this is not a criticism, it's the way Lingy is – doesn't like having too many opinions. It's certainly not controversial ones. He had half a crack at Kane on a podcast he's doing on a, on a Channel 7 platform. That's with, almost
0: a headline in itself. Well, that's what I thought too, but he had a
1: crack, and, and and rightly so. He's entitled to have it. That's just all it is is an opinion, but about Kane's referencing to um, Connor Rosie being better than, or Butters being better to, than Sam Walsh, which he said a few years ago, and which he has since addressed and basically retracted. But but even Lingy's had an opinion on what
0: on, on Kane Which said. is a headline in itself. I mean, Cameron comes from the school of footy commentators who Refuse to forget how tough it is to run out onto a yeah. footy field, and, and will there's, a never, spike, there's a place for that. There is, but you have to be a really, really great footy analyst to have a successful career, to, in my view. I'm yeah. not—that's not, not a crack at Cameron Ling, but you have to See, be very like, good. If well. You know, you've got to – everybody deserves criticism, including footballers. Yeah, I suppose it is a bit of a slight criticism. was no, a criticism. <laughs> I,
1: I'm of the same view of you, but but I can understand why he's doing it, because he was such a great leader. And, and No, but then
0: you've got Matthew Richardson. Now, he never has a strong – he never has serious crack at people, but he has a warmth on the screen. I mean, maybe I'm biased because I barrack for Richmond. No, he does. And you see, Richard – You're
1: a deeper hole in what you're saying about – Lingi though,
0: oh no, no, but well, maybe Geelong people feel that way about Lingi, but some people are so loved that they get away with. Only really just being a commentator and and giving their own unique lovely spin on things and they sort of get away with it. I think we need to change the subject. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting into trouble. Well, should we
1: stick with friction because it's what drives the industry and what and we talk about clickability of, of issues and stories that friction creates. I think most of that these days. Um, when I say friction, now this is a different style of friction. It's a friendly friction. The, the Tom Brown and Mitch Cleary dynamic at Channel Seven. We've been fascinated by you. Two this are and,
0: obsessed by this.
1: You're not as much. Well, Hutchie is more than me. By the way, but you're well, not as much.
0: Give us the latest. Well, what's the latest development?
1: Well, okay, if you haven't if you haven't seen the latest development, um, howie great mate of ours, Craig, oh, Craig Howard Mark Howard on, on Triple M Friday night, the Friday rub, uh, got into Tommy about it on the weekend.
0: Tommy uh, Bob, Jane, t how are you, great man?
1: Yeah very good Howie, good conditions out here, the rain's just stopped and I've noticed uh, the podcast has just come up, what's going on there?
0: Well I just sort of wanted to know, obviously um, uh, another journalist Mitch Cleary's come into your wheelhouse after your knife steve you got rid of him um, so you were sort of the one man out how's it going, competing for stories within your own network? No Mitch is
1: clearly going to be harder to fend off but it's going very well at the moment it doesn't make a great headline but seriously we work really well together and it's great we've got a, a strong um, you know a couple of good journalists in there having a crack so I think it's a good setup right and, and it's working very well I know that's not a great headline on a sexy headline but it works very, very well. I think well. the sexy headline was was easier to see off. Oh, Steve-O, to be fair, was probably there. <laughs> oh, I think headline. there's your headline right there, <laughs> Tommy. So sure it's going well so there's no competition for stories or airtime or who's on first now, in the bulletin? there's plenty of airtime with an hour bulletin. There's definitely competition for stories. We're both going hard at it, but uh, I think the viewer is the uh, beneficiary of this, hopefully. Uh, Howie, that's the idea. It's all about teamwork. Uh, I get that. So you'd be ha- completely happy for me to say, I think you're doing a great job, but at this stage of the season, I think Mitch has got
0: his nose in front. I disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, this is a really good topic and I want to move it forward, Damien. So you've got Tom Brown and Mitch Cleary both really good news yep. Both, and you know, and, and well, bring
1: bring fresh stuff to the equation, don't they? That, well, they at least yep, seek to, yeah. Yep.
0: And Mitch, or well, Mitch is your you mentored Mitch for. I love Mitch. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I work with him on Footy Classified. Um, I think he's a great young journo. And Tom Brown, I have huge respect yep. for. He has some Absolutely. great context too. Both very good journo's, but the night. The the biggest you know one of the biggest stories of the year was the Luke Beveridge press conference. We've all got views about that, and I'm sure I know you've probably dissected it as have I. But after that press conference ended, if you were watching Fox Footy, they went back to their studio, and it, I don't think that was their game that they covered. I think it was a seven game. I can't even remember, but they had their panel of analysts and experts who just went to town on that story they owned the story and obviously it helped that Tom Morris you know was their man channel 7 who have Mitch Cleary and Tom Brown it just The coverage just wasn't the same. Maybe the front bar was on at the time. I can't remember. Yeah, I recall
1: the the night now. I don't think Seven was even doing the football last day, as in that they'd shut down their, their football coverage and gone to something else, whether it was the front bar or something else. And they else, would but- have,
0: I think front bar ran the press conference and front bar is a great show. It's the one good off-footy show Channel 7 has and it's very successful and financially successful and I think the, all of the panel are brilliant. But I think Seven really are missing something in their... Coverage of footy. They've got two great newsbreakers. And okay, Tom, that was a bit of fun with Mark Howard, but he's right. It creative tension in a newsroom is brilliant. I remember the early days of the age when Patrick Smith and I were working when I came in as chief footy writer and there was a lot of stuff about how we had tension and Patrick ended up leaving. But for a couple of years Did you see him off, did you? No, I didn't see him off. I did not see him. off. Is that off why that. he went to the Australian? I've, Don't change I've, the I've, subject. No, I've never heard
1: this story. That created, no, but, no, no, but that
0: created attention. That was good. Is that it, why he went to the Australian? No, I, th- I think he had issues with the age, and the Australian made him a godfather offer as well. I mean, he couldn't very, work with you. That, very, there's the
1: headline now. That
0: that is not true, but but that was good for the age, and Patrick agreed with that, and I agreed with that. But what happened? What you're seeing at seven now. I don't think they're using these two to the best of their ability. Why aren't they coming on after a big game? I mean, it's great to have Lingy and Richo and Das and I don't think whoever. they want to, though.
1: Kara, again, I, I'm with you on that because i I'd always, I always come at my viewing of anything from the news element. So I'm with you on that. I'm not, just, I'm not shooting that part of it down, but. They clearly don't. Channel Seven clearly don't want that style of broadcast. They want to be everyone's. Want to be friendly, and and they and that's fine. I mean, that's what they what they choose to be. But they, well, their share never... price
0: is pretty good at the moment, so I yeah. guess I guess it's working for them. But for me, and I I tend to watch Seven and not Fox Footy if. If if it's a seven game and a lot of people I know watch Fox Footy, but I'm I'm seeing that just that news coverage is putting Fox's nose in front for me at the moment, and I don't understand why Seven with two great newsbreakers aren't doing the same. I mean, it's an anathema to me. And you're on the Sunday Footy Show, I'm on Footy Classified two nights a week. While why three big Footy programs are all on the network that owns the NRL, it, it's just extraordinary. Mm. It's, it's, it's great for footy, I think, that nine have such a big involvement, but it's weird, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I do find it that way, but I think clearly their direction is, is, is of a different nature, and, and they've even removed their, their football programming, as in, in inverted commas, their hard football programming.
0: Well, you put yourself on the line here. Who has got their nose in front at the moment? Who's broken better stories this year, Tom or Mitch? Mitch. Pretty clear? What's his biggest story been?
1: Well, he got the front running with the the Liam Jones one. Yep. But but mind you, mind you, and I've mentioned I've discussed this. He didn't name him in the initial reporting, but there were reasons for that. Um, But it it became a pretty big story, didn't it? When it. uh,
0: I hate to quote Ken Hinckley, but he's a missing piece of Carlton's puzzle at the moment, isn't he, Liam Jones? Yeah, I don't know. If they had him, know. their back line would be pretty solid.
1: No, I, I think it's forced them to think of ways and means without him. And I, I don't think that's the all well, they're three in zip, carry. They've managed to find a way. That's true. <laughs> I mean, so. Without
0: Ross Lyon or Liam Jones. That's yeah. true.
1: Back over the Patrick Smith thing, just before we move no, on. We're not. We've. we've I've I'm said gonna to, all I'm going to say on that. i to start digging on this one. The <laughs> age wasn't big enough. So that would have been a big. That would have been a whole lot bigger right now if you if you and Patrick were going head to head in the same news organisation, then one had to leave. That'd be a massive story. That'd be clickable.
0: Crikey, had a good go at Did it they? back in the day. Not all of it accurate. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> hey, um, the has apologised a couple of times this week for um home deliveries. It's not unique to them. I mean, it's happening with the Herald Sun too. It it sometimes comes very late to various people.
0: It's really unusual to see a newspaper put out a full-page apology about their own home delivery issues. And James Chesall and Gay Alcorn, the Melbourne editor-in-chief, have done that in Saturday's age, followed up again in Monday's age. Now, this is – I mean, this is something my mum has been obsessed with because she still gets the age home delivered every day. And up until a few weeks ago, Damien, news agents were still delivering newspapers – But a few weeks ago, the age went – and I don't know what Herald Sun are doing – went to a central model, and I think what we need to say is there have been some teething problems. Mm. And it it goes with the printing of the paper as well. There have been some teething problems, and I think the feeling is now it's being fixed. But what is shattering for me is that it is so hard to get a newspaper some days. And it's hard enough to sell newspapers, but it doesn't help when you go – to your local coffee shop and they've sold out at 7.30 in the morning because oh no, we only get five in and they're all gone. Why would we get more in? We don't sell them. And then you walk outside another coffee shop and there's a pile of, say, weekend Australians just sitting there almost yeah. flapping away in the breeze. And yeah. then and then you see that as and my mum's other bugbear is that they're wrapped in plastic. Don't get us started <laughs> yeah. on the environment. But can, you know, I can relate to that bit, that bit of it. Anyway, so I, I just think um I really hope they fix it. And I really hope, I guess it's a good sign that people are still buying newspapers. That the age has had such, clearly, there's been a huge reader backlash.
1: Mm. To have two apologies, as you're saying, in effectively four editions. Yeah. Full page. Yeah. Um, before we move on to what I would do, I want to talk to you today, Carol, given it's, it's really fresh, um, the Cyril Rioli situation. Um, Just one more with yourself uh, specifically. Coverage of football on on radio. The rights are up, if I'm right in saying. Um, 3W didn't cover last Thursday's match, um, Bulldogs versus Sydney Swans. I I, I don't want to make this a 3W bashing thing, but, but what's the reason for that? I mean, They've got every right to broadcast whatever they want, as far as I see it. But it was unusual for an AFL game of footy, the opening game for round three, to not be broadcast by... Station,
0: yeah, that well, the management decision, and it's not just about 3aw, but I work for 3aw, so I know that uh, the decision for management is that at the moment they're not doing Thursday night games, they cover every other um session of the week, their traditional sessions Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, and Sunday, but not Thursdays. So some of us wish they did, we don't think it's a particularly good decision. Um, they've decided to go with Dennis Walter, and it was interesting that, um at the moment, um, I think Grubby's filling in for Dennis Walter, Grubby Stubbs. But even in a non-ratings period, they're not covering footy. Um, it's disappointing because I still... and So you, you are you are disappointed? You work for Triple M and you're a Triple no, M No, I'm not raising
1: it for that because, I mean... No, we've, no, we've, no. I mean, Hachi will raise a Triple M issue every second week. I'm, so. not, I'm
0: not saying you are, but you love Triple M. I love 3AW. I'm wedded to 3AW. I'm rusted on to... Pretty much every show that they have on, you mm. know, starting with Ross and Russ on in Breakfast. But I'm I'm pretty disappointed they're not doing Thursday night footy. And I think there's footy. The people who work in sport in three AW hope that that changes. Yeah, is, is it
1: potentially a, a, a brokering tool with the rights that are going on? I'm, I'm only. I mean, I've had it put to me. I haven't checked it out, and I, and I don't take this the right way. Care to check it out if it, if it is a brokering tool? But is that a possible reason for it
0: I'm, with I the haven't, AFL? I haven't heard that. I haven't been told that. It's just a programming. It's going to it's going to be fascinating to see what happens and how it all changes. I think you know, for example, Sports Day is, which was once Sports Today, always hosted by two people, is now going to move back to Three AW under Nine's Wide World of Sports banner, and um, Jared well, Healy, who's been the anchor of that show for many many years, the the um founding anchor, will continue to be part of it. And uh, that's one big change because that, of course, went to Crog Media, now SEN Media, didn't it? Yeah. Even though it was weird because you had an SEN-owned show running on 3AW. In the, in the next studio. Extraordinary. <laughs> while you were listening to an SEN show at the same time. So that was sort of quite interesting. But, um, no, Thursday nights, I think I, – I, I really hope we go back to covering Thursday night games. I mean – I think that networks and radio stations should go to games. Mm. I can't believe Fox Footy didn't go to the GWS Swans game in round one when Buddy might have kicked five and kicked the ton.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just on, on footy courage with radio specifically, you've been a part of it as, as, as long as anyone and as central to it in, in terms of how it's built up over the journey. Is it, have we got to a stage now where the actual pre match content for, for the code for the sport it is more important than the game itself when it comes to the radio broadcasting of it?
0: Some weeks it is. Particularly, um, and I only work on Saturdays now, so... Um Often the Saturday afternoon game is a pretty ho-hum game. In fact, last Saturday we were at the women's yep. – we were at the AFLW final and we did a two-hour show. There was no game after that because they'd kept that hole, as we know, because they thought it was going to be the women's grand final. Which
1: is the same this week coming up.
0: Yep, um, yep. exactly. In fact, we're doing our show a bit later as a result leading yep. into the, I think, 4.30 game yep. at Marvel Stadium.
1: Well, we, I believe, are broadcasting the AFLW grand final.
0: Yes. I believe. Okay. And I think that's, uh, I think we are too. I think 3AW, which is right and proper that we yep. both do. It's a big story. You know, Daisy oh, versus Erin, yeah. it's going to be fabulous. But um, I I think it does. I think it is. And I think even though there might be a ho-hum game on at one forty five or 2.10 on Saturday, or some weeks when there's no game on Saturday, if you've got a public holiday Thursday night set up, we will always do our Saturday pregame as you do. And it's always chock full of content. And I think people at home, whether you're Triple M or SEN or the ABC or 3AW, which I think does outright the others is at the moment, but I'm just saying Oh, that. don't
1: get that part, <laughs> um
0: Anyway, but no, but whoever you love.
1: Not always. Whoever In fact, you regularly love, Triple M wins. Look, you guys
0: have some very good people on. But sometimes it's like we don't talk
1: footy. half the time,
0: sometimes it's like going to a cocktail where you don't cocktail party where you don't know anyone. I'm sorry, I've said it.
1: Hang on, who, who are you referring to there?
0: Well, no, but there's just hang gag- on.
1: Who are you referring to there?
0: All of you. It's just gags that all I of don't.
1: Oh yeah, you, you, all we of you. We choose to not talk footy some days, which may that, be good or maybe bad. That but that's what we your choose to do.
0: Absolute right. And, and it rates
1: its socks off. It does
0: very well, Damien. I'm not saying that for me. I prefer Who are you AW. referring to?
1: Who are you referring to the, about this cocktail party invitation?
0: No, no, but you know what I mean. Some... No, 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 no,
1: no, I don't. I actually I'm serious, I don't know who You, you... are
0: cracking eggs. There, there, there
1: are massive names on that station.
0: It's it's not a person that personality thing. It's yes, it the is. content. <laughs> you're talking about things and you you We talk you... about
1: ourselves, Caro. Yeah, well,
0: that's <laughs> true. And you mentioned names and I sort of think God, I just don't know if I'm invited to this party. And if I am, I don't know all the people and no one's talking to me. Can you
1: take this the right way? I don't think you are invited.
0: <laughs> I, I <laughs> Can take you take it, it the right way? <laughs> I absolutely take it that way. And I'm happy to be, you know, with my very strong team at 3AW. And I've yeah. th- long made the rivalry last. I
1: reckon that, though, is is what it's about. I mean, no one has to like every single aspect of, of media that's presented. You, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to like it. And you don't have to feel you, you, you're you wanted by the by no. the so No, I think that's equally no. part of it.
0: I want to make one quick observation, and this is not – you might think it's a plug for 3AW, but <laughs> I've worked for many years with Lee Matthews, yep. who is doing less and less on Channel 7 He's, these still, he's days. still the best. I mean, I cannot – Luke Hodge has been a really good new commentator for Seven, um, and he took over some of the Brisbane games during the pandemic, which I could not understand when Lee Matthews was in Brisbane as well. He is bringing so much to the table on our Saturday pregame and now he's he's doing Friday nights as well mm. for AW. I can't understand why Seven don't use him more. It's been three AW's gain. Yep. His lethal injection is just an absolute I've heard cracker. It. I've heard it. It's yeah. a cracker.
1: And I was fortunate enough to do a, a lunch with him the other day and he's still as sharp and and as concise with his storytelling mm. as yep. as he's ever been, and arguably even better. I, I, I'm, not, like, I'm not, you're not sure what you're like with him, but I still um, – it's a, it's a pleasure to be in his, his, his company whenever that time happens. And, yeah, well, and I reckon the
0: listener thinks that yeah, way too. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but we're both of an age where we remember his legacy to the game and then as a coach. Yeah. And, um, I mean, even the other day when Zach Toohey had a crack at the Sydney crowd after they stormed the ground on the SCG after Buddy's goal, you know, and he talked about a bit of it wasn't very nice for the players and we were hit hard. And Lee just came on and said, modern-day players soft. <laughs> got no idea what we had to put up with every week. I mean, just those sort of stories and the way he delivers it so yeah. simply. It's just a brilliant. simple world
1: that he lives in, isn't it? It's a simple yeah. world he played in, and, and he delivers it that way.
0: And I, I, I say again, I don't understand why Seven don't use him as much, as why they use him as little as they do.
1: Yep. Alright, Caro, so on the weekend just gone, in one of the papers that may have been delivered uh, in a delayed fashion. It's in the, the age,
0: Damien. The
1: age. The age. Yeah, no, I'm happy to say that. I, I love the age. <laughs> but it may have been Delayed in its delivery. a uh, massive story though, that, that has is going to be talked has been talked about since and will be continue to be talked about in, in various ways, maybe for years to come. In that you spoke to Sura Rioli, you spoke to Shannon Rioli, his wife, about his time at Hawthorne, the, the celebrated football career he had. But the, the backstory is nowhere near as, as um, appetizing to, to read and, and now hear about it. We we knew certain aspects of it as it unfolded. We certainly got a, a a small lens into some of the issues he was dealing with on the week he retired in 2018 with regards to something that Jeff Kennett had said to his wife in a, in a Launceston airport lounge. But the depth and, and background to which you brought to the table on this particular article relating to his time as an Indigenous player in this in this famous football club in this industry has still got a lot to play out from here.
0: It does. And I don't think Hawthorne can ever truly make peace with itself until it makes peace with Cyril and vice versa. But um. You know, as a and we've talked, it's been talked about a lot since um, the story was published in The Age on Saturday and it was very sad. It was great to talk to Cyril and I spoke to him a few times and Shannon. Um, I want to go up and see him in Darwin and understand more about him because I've always, obviously, like everyone, loved him as a player, met him as a very young player when he was still still playing at Scotch College, remember his brilliance so clearly even though it's four years since he played. But let's talk about it purely as a... As a media exercise, and how Hawthorne handled that retirement, because we we know th- this is a much bigger story than Jeff's comment about the genes to Shannon, but that's what precipitated for them the final straw, as Cyril said, after many years of wonderful years, but a, just an underbelly of things that made him uncomfortable. Now I remember you went on the Footy Show um, soon after that incident, and talked about a comment made by Jeff Kennett to Shannon Rioli. Um, I've asked Jeff about it on 3AW in the past. He didn't want to discuss it, glossed over it, can't remember if he actually denied it. I spoke to him on Friday about why he did that and he said he couldn't really remember, but it was out of respect to everyone. But Jeff himself has said in the past, the cover-up is often so much worse than the crime or misdemeanour. And if only Hawthorne had not, from the word go, tried to cover up what was going on behind the scenes with the Rioli? So I'd love to. I'd love your lens on what actually happened. Yeah, at the time. I
1: recall the, it was the week in question. So it might have even been the way the, the week fell that, that particular week. It might have been even the day after he retired and publicly. Um, and, and that was all stage managed. I mean, Channel 7, Bruce McAvaney went down there to interview him, if you recall, and it was Talked very stage managed. about what a
0: brilliant job the family club had done and all of that, all sort of that of stuff. All of yep. that,
1: yeah. So we got wind of this story and we checked it out to the point where we were committed to going with it and the, and the club knew this. And, and at one stage of, the, of that day, Cara, just from memory, I, I can recall being told we i will we the show will be getting a statement from Hawthorne at least putting context around that conversation in that airport lounge um now that they chose not to in the end and that, that 's fine that 's the way clubs manage their way through these situations, but they Well, they were well aware of what I was talking about. Um, Jeff himself went totally to ground on it. And again, I'm not passing judgment on any of this because there's a context to that conversation or that that line that that we don't know from Jeff's side. And until we do, I don't think anyone can comment. But we need to hear it and we need to hear it pretty soon. Well, I
0: spoke to Jeff about it on Friday and he just continues to say that he – makes that comment all the time. He makes it to his kids. He makes It's a joke he's done many, many times, putting his hand in his pocket saying, look, here, do you want 20 cents? Do you need to go and buy some thread or cotton to sew up your jeans? Can't you afford proper jeans? That sort of comment.
1: Well, I think you use the phrase maybe in your commentary around it. And and this is my take on it too. Whatever was said on that moment, that was the final straw. And that, that's that's my observations. I think either you or someone around you used that similar phrasing as well. Cyril used it. Cyril, okay. It's a direct quote. Yeah. That if that's the final straw, well, it's a an important part of the Cyril Rioli story and, and he's he's why did choosing to leave.
0: Why did Hawthorne not address it with you? And I you, you broke the – it was a footy show and it was in the – was it the last year of Eddie coming back to the footy show? Eddie, Eddie
1: was on the show then, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, and if you don't mind me saying, I don't think – I think the footy show should have been harder and been stronger. I'm –
1: yeah, look, that's easy to say. We, we didn't have the statement that we were told we are going to get from the club, and that would have been an easy way to, unless you're presenting both sides on the record, and you do this better than anyone else, Carol. You you have to go with stories without both sides on the record. But you can say that too, and I, and I get you, but but not one other media outlet chose to pick it up either, including The age. No. And, and so, you know, maybe we as an industry need to look at that too, because we've both been critical of Hawthorne in the time since yep. and, and, and what they're going to do from here because they can't say they didn't know about it. I mean, you've revealed that through Cyril's eyes and lens on the Saturday just gone, and we knew that there were issues at play when he did resign. We didn't – no one in the media picked up this this cause, did they, on any way until, until the weekend when you – No. Well, reported. as I said, I so, did so, so, ask no, no Jeff about that up. it. No one that up. I asked Jeff so. about it
0: on 3AW, and I asked him about it after the, um, you know, the unfortunate new arrivals comment that he made a few well, years later. that was a later. year later, I think, yeah. Yep and um, and prompted, well, I know Andrew Wellington, the Brisbane chairman, and, and I think one uh, at least one other club chairman wrote to the AFL after that new arrivals comment. Now, I'm not saying Jeff Kennedy's is racist, but the, the fact that you broke that story, and, and I went back and looked at the reporting of it, and it was pretty accurate what you said from what the Riolis told me. So you obviously had really good sources. Why Hawthorne, I guess Hawthorne at the time were fortunate that it didn't become a big thing. Cyril got to have his farewell press conference. He was sort of fated in that interview with Bruce McAvoy. Oh, he was absolutely
1: was, and and there was from memory. He should have been. He should have been. But but there was even a, in Hawthorne's perspective, what they wanted. There was a, a positive referencing to the running of the club under Jeff.
0: An extraordinary when we now know what we know, yeah. and it's that's what makes it so much worse for them now. And Jeff's not the only one implicated in what Cyril and Shannon have said. Yeah. Andrew Newbold is implicated, Richard Garvey, his successor, very brief successor, implicated, Stuart Fox, all these good footy people. You know, even I know Chris Fagan is very upset about the story, Mark Evans, who sporadically keeps in touch with Cyril. Sam Mitchell, who was a senior player when all that happened, is trying to fix things now. Alistair Clarkson, trying to get in touch with him. I mean, they Luke all,
1: Hodge was, Luke was Hodge. captain for for a long time. Exactly.
0: He denies that he was he knew about the um, the incredibly horrible racial slur that was delivered to another Indigenous player in the company uh, made by a senior player at an end-of-season trip. Um, but senior leader... There were members of the leadership group who know about that comment and nothing was done. And I would say to Luke, I mean, Luke should have known. And why didn't someone take it to him? What does it say about, well, it just tells me they were just totally and woefully ill-equipped to deal with complex racial issues at the time. But as I say, you did break the story. Hawthorne covered it up. It was so much worse for them that they covered it up.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Caro, we um we go to a question of uh, the week every single episode of this show, and we'll do that now. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to wise. Now, Jane's told me there's a... Uh, Extra questions come this way this week because of your involvement in the show, oh, uh, Caro. So, so we, we've always got a question and answer session at the uh, at, for, for another product in every single week. We'll get to uh, all of them um, at some stage or most of them at some stage. Just to a couple now. Lee Eustace on email. This is, this is for you, Caro. We've seen a noticeable increase in footy media of women on TV over the years, but it seems female representation otherwise, for example, in newspapers or radio, hasn't really increased. Why do you think this is? And what do you think we can do about getting better parity in that respect to find the next Caroline Wilson and, crucially, many more after that?
0: Oh, surely there's not going to be another Caroline Wilson, just like there won't be (laughs) another Damien Barrett. We're all individuals, Demo. I I hope hope not, Um, (laughs) 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 Carrie. No, look, it's a genuine – it's a really good question because when I was Chief Footy Rider of the Age, I mean, maybe I should look at myself, but, you know, we had at one point Sam Lane, Emma Quayle, Chloe Salto, Melissa Ryan – you know, Claire Syracuse, all these women working in our sports department and not just, you know, younger sort of, string. they were senior footy reporters and, I'm, and not just me. Now we've got Chloe Salto as the editor-in-chief sport, managing editor sport at The Age, but there's no one really of um senior women writing in The Age sport. And I'm really, Claire Syracuse runs our Real Footy podcast that I do with Jake Nile and Michael Gleeson. But I don't know why there aren't any young women working Mm. in sport. The Herald Sun have some really good young sports writers who are women, but I don't think any of them are incredibly senior. I know that some in the past have not felt that they were encouraged enough. I hope I encouraged young footy writers who are women more, you know, to make them feel... I think Fox Footy have some great women covering the game. Not very many really hard newsbreakers, which you don't have to be. I mean, there's room in this industry for all different... Shapes and sizes, and different types of uh, media performers, but equally on radio. I mean, Kelly Underwood's a gun, yep. and is now a very senior, you know, host. The Offsiders. Um, she's a and co- other
1: shows on co- Foxtel.
0: Yeah, and calls and calls games as well, both men and women, and calls them really well. So and on the ABC as well. But no, there's not enough, and I can't quite tell you why. I'm mm. not sure. So I used to, you know, when I used to cop it, you know, really badly from a lot of different media outlets, particularly the footy show. And I've talked about this in the past. And sometimes I worry that people maybe looked and thought, well, why would you put yourself out there? But I always say to women who say that to me, look, I have strong opinions. You know, Often it was unfair and maybe gender based, but often I deserved it because I had a strong opinion and people are, you know, are quite entitled to have a whack back. But I mean, what, what do you, why do you think there aren't?
1: I I, I can't put a... Put a finger on it. Um, you, you're right. I mean, because there there, there were there, there certainly were more in the age, weren't there, in, in the years gone by, as you've said. And 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 there are people at at the Herald Sun, but it's not. There's not a wave, is there, coming through? Which no. I would have thought after nope. after your impact in the in the entire industry that it, that it may have been the case. The, the thing you say about the news, I don't think I don't think anyone these days carry, oh Sorry, I won't say anyone because you can never say everyone. But I don't think the people wanting to get into media out of the schools these days and out of the universities want to be part of it to break news. I think they want to be part of it to be on TV in a, in a way that's widespread, but not to break the news, which was so dear to you and still is. I mean, you, I mean, it take, takes the right way. You, you're semi-retired and you're still breaking the biggest story of the week and, and maybe the year, you know, who, who knows? Um, you're still passionate about that side of it. I, I don't think the passion exists, even even for some people who've been doing the beat as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: but I think that was always the case. And look, I'm semi-retired in that I'm not chief footy writer anymore, but I work pretty much full-time during the footy season. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I would not say I'm semi-retired and everybody I didn't says mean that. it to be No, no, I don't take it as an insult, but.
1: I think half your luck, you can get to that stage and choose to be that way.
0: What it means is that I just don't do much, well, pretty much nothing over the summer months, except for don't shoot the messenger. But getting back to it, I think there was a period in the 90s when people came into footy because they were just, there was a few, if you don't mind me saying cheerleaders, who yeah, just okay. love being part of the footy industry and love going to games. and Do you want to name names there? Eh? No, you didn't want to name I names do not. <laughs> pretend
1: you didn't know who was on Triple M.
0: <laughs> no, I do because there's no one particular on Triple M I don't like. I just think it's a cocktail party I'm not invited to and <laughs> I like to be the star at my own party. So, you know. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, but but I, I think that... Now, yes, maybe it's just easier to come in and be a really good presenter. But, you know, you two, and you and I know you and Craig have done this before. There are a lot of young guns up and coming, you know, and there's, there's Sam McClure and Dan Churney and obviously Tom and Mitch and Tom Morris, well, he's clearly out for now, but I, I reckon he'll be back in some form. Mm. Um, but they are all strong newsbreakers. They were. And, and it, I'm, and I'm probably leaving through. someone else yeah. out, and I'm sorry if I have, but but they're all men. Now, I'm sorry that there wasn't a woman among that group and I don't really understand why because there were a lot of very good presenters. Very quickly, while the... Jackie Felgate...
1: Yeah, we, um, had, we had we had probably the, the, should have discussed that. Yeah, um, just I, I don't the, have any background to it, do you? Apart from what what I what I've read her say, and and that is that it's her choice and to
0: spend more time with her. Yeah, She's got a young family.
1: She'll still be seen, I'd imagine, and would still want to be part of the Seven Footy coverage and other media. But but to do it on on terms that are different to the the news requirements right now, which again, great great for her if she can do it that way.
0: Yeah, and and um, Beck Madden's obviously come back to Seven and is doing the weekend news. Jackie, I thought was absolutely fabulous in yeah. her footy breaks and everything, and she's a great – she's a Hamish McLaughlin in terms of MCs as well. She's really good, the woman version. But I, I bring her up because before she did footy, she was a state political journalist, and she worked sometimes head-to-head against my husband when he was doing yeah. his gig, Brendan Donohu And obviously Brendan was far more senior and experienced, but Brendan always said she was a gun and, you know, was mm. a – she was at nine, and then I think she went to seven. And the he was on
1: before all of that? She was yeah.
0: a formidable opponent and a newsbreaker. So why isn't some Jackie Fellgate could be? Doing what Tom Morris was doing, or what Sam McClure was doing, or mm. Mitch Cleary, or Dan Churney, or Tom Brown, but why didn't? Maybe she? she's
1: just too smart to venture into that space, Carol Because <laughs> I don't think it's a space of joy. <laughs> if you had the choice not to be part of it, you, I reckon you'd probably oh, take it. Come on, Damien, no, I it's still a, love it. It's
0: one of the great. It choices. has
1: its moments. Cara. We are so lucky. We are. We always we've always said that. And you, you, you more than anyone I know has still got the the love of the of the craft, despite what happens in that time. Caro, we've gone over what we went to go on. We're up to forty. Is it seven minutes there, Jane? Um, could keep talking here, yeah, but we're going to have to shut it down. But oh, you... I
0: always needed a good edit. I'm sorry about that. But there was a lot to talk about, wasn't there? <laughs> there was.
1: There? We didn't even get to half of it. The fact we didn't get to Jackie Felgate until right at the very... Didn't even talk about um, Damien Hardwick versus Dan Andrews, which I know you wanted to... Quick, oh. quickly. Oh, you got 20 seconds.
0: The greatest beat-up of the football season so far. <laughs> I tend to pa- agree. Page one lead... Yeah. Of one daily newspaper, <laughs> Tom Elliott described it as a massive crack at the premier. Every single state has the same quarantine rules. <laughs> he was annoyed about Sydney's stack. He just lost a game. For Three, two,
1: one. Uh, one. One more. Brendan Ro- Robert Smith, Ben Robert Smith. Sorry, Ben Robert Smith. We didn't even get to that. You, I'm not giving you 20 seconds here because that, that's that's a that's a 20 minute conversation. And I wanted to get your views on that because you know my views of the guy driving that story in uh, Nick the weeks of journalism. The winks of journalism. Yeah. Oh, well,
0: there's more to come. I think that's a that's a watch this space. More you? to come in
1: that court case.
0: Oh, there must be. Well. It's not over. Well, it's already been
1: the most explosive thing I've read in I know. Decades. It's me Whatever yeah.
0: happens, I don't think it's been great for Ben Robert Smith.
1: No, but it doesn't mean he loses it legally, no. does it? And that's that's the that's been the play from the very outset of it, given he's brought the action. We've just lost another two minutes there, Caro. We, uh, you're hanging around for questions, though, okay? So whoever's listening to this right now at this stage, Caro will answer a lot of questions uh, in the other product of the Standing Board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose the DrinkWise. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to The Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email the sounding Board at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to DrinkWise.